Just record louder. Good morning. Good morning. It's Wednesday. It's Wednesday. <laughs> Yay, it's Wednesday. Yay, we're back together. It's Naomi and Liz, the Ron Galloway girls. And we're really excited to share some results with you today. And we thank you to everyone who has reached out and said how much they enjoy our little podcast. Yeah. Because it's been so much fun to make and um, it's nice that it's appreciated. Yes, because uh, we'll probably keep going, but yeah. we like to you know, know that people are out there listening. <laughs> so thank you. Whether or not people <laughs> listen, we're still going to put this out just because it's so much fun. But we also want to be, um, well, it's fun for us. We, we would like to make sure that we stay a resource for people. So yes. if you have any questions, if you want us to cover something, definitely let us know, and we'd be happy to do that. Yeah, we would love to hear from you. So yeah, so um, fun kind of update from last week when we talked about: Are you fast enough for super shoes? And the answer is yes. If you want them, go get them. Um, there was some uh, science that came out that Megan and David on uh, the Swap podcast talked about. How super shoes could make you slower. Yeah. And this, and you know, I've actually, this was in like the original data too. And especially because they're testing um, like Ethiopians, putting them on a treadmill and some of them have never been on a treadmill before. Yeah. So Iliad Kipchoge, when they first debuted these shoes and when they were first thinking about the Breaking 2 project, which was like five years ago or more, right? 2016. They, you know, Elliot has never been on a treadmill before that time. Yeah. Like, you know, so it is. But yeah, potentially, this study came out and it tested all sorts of elites, right? Yeah, And yeah. so, elites from the Western world who were used to running on treadmills and probably already had run in super shoes before, and elites from, yeah. you know, like Africa, where all the super fast runners are, are coming out of, and they... They're not even wearing shoes. <laughs> and they're not, they're, yeah, they're or they're wearing, like, just whatever shoes they can get a hand, right. their hands on. They might be two sizes too big. I mean, that's, um, yeah. like I read, running with the Kenyans. Yeah, so yeah. basically there is a that four percent is is an average. Right. Four percent means Well and some of some people some, got as much as an eleven percent improvement. Yes. And different shoes had different effects on different people. And we have anecdotally anecdotally seen that with us. Different shoes have different effects. Right. Um the I mean, I would say that while the Carbon X from Hoka doesn't get great reviews as far as being the fastest. I think it's a great super shoe. Yeah. Um, I think, and we've both seen success wearing it. Um, the Nike has kind of a weird footbed, but I mean, I had great success wearing it. I just bought the, the um, what are they called? The Elites. The Endorphin. The Endorphin Elites from Saucony. So and I'm, I'm going to get them too and try I'm gonna them. Give them a try. My leg has been killing me though. I have like some soleus injury from too much too soon it's my own fault but it like aches although yesterday I found out it feels better after I warm up so I'm gonna like do some walking and see if I can't get a little bit of at least a little bit more movement in because I did skip my run yesterday because of the pain oh yeah and that's so. that's good that it warms up and that's always an injury test is like do does it warm up or does it get worse? Get worse. If it gets worse, you've got to be careful that it could be bone related. Right. Which this being like my lower leg and my shin, I've been like kind of like tapping on the bone. Like, okay, is this the beginning? Is this shin splints? Is this the beginning of a stress fracture? But I actually think it's, and I hope it's not. 
but it feels like deep compartment, but I, it's not bilateral. And I'm like, okay, I've had some compartment issues before and have not, have been able to like not have to have a fasciotomy, but like, oh, if we could just like not have to do anything about it, that would be amazing if it could just like resolve. It's probably just ramping up the mileage. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, the old too much too soon. Yeah. And I mean, we did 20 and then I went and at like after pretty much a week off for me, mm-hmm. did 20 and then I did 11 two days later in over two runs. And that second run was really where it got me, um, that second run Tuesday. And that's where I like felt it. And I was like, oh, maybe I should go back. And then I kept doing kept going but then when we floated the idea of doing this 10 miler oh on yeah Sunday like it didn't affect you at all or at least you didn't it didn't seem like it affected oh, no, you. it hurt every it step. hurt oh no <laughs> but That's I like wanted to do it so bad it hurts every step and I just keep riding on it I wanted to do it so bad like I was hobbling around the rest of the day on yes. Sunday and I was I'm Same. coming down with something so like yep. I didn't feel well, too, but I was hobbling around. It was so bad. Um, And I've been wearing, like, a calf sleeve, like a Zenza calf sleeve that Mm -hmm. I have because it makes it feel better. I've been doing a lot of um, percussion massage to try to get it to loosen up. And then last night I walked on the treadmill for 20-ish minutes, which, you know, I, like, looked at it, and I tried, like, a couple seconds of running here and there, so it was, like, just under a 15-minute mile. Mm -hmm. Um, but it's funny, like 15 minute miles are still like, they're great. They got me into like, I was in low aerobic zone. I was yeah. like, all right, I can do this. I was like, this I need, counts. Yeah. I need to remember that like 30 minutes on the treadmill is okay. Yes. Like, you know, yeah, it's not all or nothing. We have to remind yeah. ourselves all the time. But you know what else I did this weekend is I got on my Peloton Yay. and I did the 40K batch on Carmen. I know. That was pretty badass. Oh, my gosh. To just hop on and do that. I did it by, like, I did a couple of different, um, couple of different things. I did a couple of, like, distance rides, like, scenery distance rides. I played a game of lane break. And then I just did, um, like, a just ride session. I didn't do any classes. And I did it so that I could, like, keep it really, really easy. Low intensity. Low intensity. Plus, I just wanted to veg out and watch TV. But let me tell you, my butt, my butt was hurting at the end. Like, <laughs> And that was what I told I, you. Like, I wasn't sure that I'd be able to do it because my butt would hurt. Yeah. I'm just, seat. I'm just hoping that I can either, like, get used to it or I might need to get, like, a pad for the Peloton. I did have padded shorts on, so yeah. that, that was helpful. I just do the padded shorts. That was helpful, but, like, it's just – and if you're biking, if you're mixing biking in, that soreness does go away eventually. Yeah. Like, I used to get it after, like, you know, less than 30 minutes. Yep, and same. now I can, like – I can ride for an hour and a half before it bothers me. And, like, it used to, like – it would bother me, and then the next day when I try to get it on the bike, it would hurt. Well, now I'm at the point where I don't even notice the the pain until I'm like, you know, kind of a, an hour in on a ride. So yeah, I actually get used to the bump to the I, bruise. <laughs> I actually ended up riding on Sunday at, for an hour, which I hadn't done in forever. I haven't just I used to ride a lot like outdoors. And yeah. Then, so now it's just like get learning to get back on the bike mm-hmm. indoors for now and. Um, and it didn't bother me at all. But what's really funny is I'm reading Endure. Yeah. And the, there was this, the, um, like kind of the hardest endurance test in the world basically is one hour 
on a bike, how far can you go? And the first time it was done, you know, over 100 years ago, they went like, I don't know what it was. It was like 20 something miles. And then currently the record is at like 54 kilometers, which is 30 something miles. That's a lot of miles. 33 yeah. miles. And so the guy who like had the record, um, John Voigt, in like 2000, he was went to do the record. Was it on a road or a trainer? In a track. Okay. Usually. Like it used to probably okay. be a road, but it's on a track now. Okay. So it's controlled. And so yeah. he, so this was like 2005, he went to do the record and he like had saddle sores. So like the best in the world had saddle sores that yeah. made him, that like stopped him from riding. And so, okay. It's, I mean, it, it happens I, to everybody. it's not even like <laughs> sores though. It's no, like, I know. It, it feels like my bones get bruised. Yeah. Like, it's just, it's, yeah. yeah, I know. It's just like, you're it's, not used to it. It's like your sit bones get it's like, your, yeah, it's like a deep tissue. Yeah. Yeah. But I mean, uh, you do get used to it. Yeah. And, and for adding low aerobic base with low, low risk of injury, it's a great option. Yes. The best option, though, for runners is deep water running. And I was reading again yesterday about deep water running and about how much deep water running you can do as far and to still replace to replace running. running. And in fact, in a six week study, and I'll have to find it. Six weeks, they took runners, and they didn't let them run for six weeks, but they had them in the pool, um, and then they had them compared to a group of runners that was just running, or maybe it was just, no, it was just this one group of runners. They had them do a 5K, then they did six weeks of only pool running, and their 5K times either remained the same or improved. That's pretty cool. So, like, if you're worried about losing fitness in the pool, like, don't worry about losing fitness. But you're not going to get the same effect because it's not running specific muscles from Um, swimming or biking. You're going to get aerobic effect. But they were saying that deep water running with a float belt can mimic running enough to, like, maintain that running economy. And, in fact, you can get a, a higher, like, fat burn or cardio burn because it is harder to, like... It's actually more of a cardio exercise. Right. There's more because there's resistance. Right. The water is causing resistance. Right. And so if you're like in the pool and you're like, oh, I can't get it up there, you just gotta move faster. You gotta like really try to get that actual running form down, um, which is tough. But yeah. and you don't wanna be touching the bottom of the pool. Like you wanna make sure you're deep enough to where the bottom of the pool is not in the equation because actually walking on the bottom of the pool is way worse for your feet and and legs than walking on the ground because pools are made of gunite, um, which is like super hard uh, concrete that they spray and then um, and they use a gun. That's why it's called gunite. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> they use like a spray gun. Yeah. And then the white coats of pools are incredibly hard. And so, believe it or not, swim teachers have a high risk of foot stress fractures oh no just from, from like, walking on the deck and, and and on the bottom of the pool the like bouncing the around oh, on the yeah. bottom of the pool oh my gosh and so when you do if you ever do shallow water aerobics you should wear shoes in the pool that's why they have like old huh. lady like shallow water aerobics shoes wow. also like the pool the bottom of the pool will tear your feet up if you're not used to it not sure. my feet my feet are like hobbits <laughs> like yeah oh yeah my feet are like hobbit feet they're really gross um i was watching a tv show what was it? Oh, I was watching Blackish, and I love that um, show. yeah, and the little girl, the mom was going to get like some kind of beauty treatment, like a wax and dye of her, like down there because <laughs> they found a gray hair, and um, and the little girl was like, "Mommy, why would you like? 
why would you do that? You're the most beautiful person in the world. And she's like, oh. She goes, except your feet. Your feet are busted. I was like, <laughs> yep. That's right. Yep. So. Um, so. I wonder, I wonder about, like, the elliptical being, giving you similar, I, like, because you're using similar. I um, wonder. I wonder. I know that the elliptical is fantastic for low aerobic base, and I know that it's great for relieving injury, like right. stress, taking the pressure off. Taking the pressure off. Um, I don't impact. know. I don't know. I think. I mean, if I keep searching for like free elliptical somewhere, I don't yeah. know where we're gonna put it <laughs> in know. the studio. But I don't have room for one either. Yeah, I have. I've actually been thinking about bringing our bringing my Peloton up. To, except Brian and I like to work out together sometimes. Yeah. But I'd like to bring the Peloton upstairs so that I can ride it more often so that it's, like, right there. Right. Um, but it's I worry that it will be a very expensive place that I hang my clothes. Yeah. <laughs> that happens a lot, right? So, I mean, in another world, we would have a much larger house where we had a both a fitness studio. Gym. Yeah, both a fitness studio and a recording studio, not, not a combination. Mm-hmm. So... I mean, but we can dream. Actually, Brian and I picked up some speakers from his friend's house last night. And his friend's house was, like, legit. Like, oh, my gosh. So there's a pool in the backyard and a basketball court. Nice. And a playground. We could have fit my entire house in, like, their kitchen and living room. Yeah. It was insane. And so, but we went into the recordings, into, like, the music room, and the music room was maybe a little bit bigger than this, not too much bigger. Um, But it was funny because um, Brian made the comment of, it's so funny to me how, like, people with a lot of money, because obviously they have a lot of money, um, when they have like these hobbies, they don't necessarily invest into them because they like it was the music room existed, but like their sound baffling was like essentially like non-existent. They were he was just using like little foam squares, which really don't do anything. Whereas we have like you can't see it in here, but we've got sound engineer like the best material there is baffles on the ceiling. Now we got them for free from Brian's child care center, but like if like we're actually in the process of buying soundproofing for one of the walls between the neighbors and like we haven't done it yet because we want to buy the, the good we want to buy we don't want to buy it twice we want to buy the best yeah. stuff and we want to make sure that everything's done right the first time because this is you know this is his hobby it's his passion important. yeah his passion his I mean you can't see it but we've got like studio lights um in here mm-hmm. which like make oh it's so cool but it's yeah it's pretty fun of, <laughs> that's kind of a good I mean it's important to kind of invest in your hobbies like yeah. if you find something that means a lot to you and so like for us obviously we invest in running in running we invest a lot in running I know my husband yesterday was like or yeah the other day he's like what's going on here did your hokas like are they procreating because like more boxes keep piling up of brand new in the box hokas because they just oh my gosh. I just have to order more when yeah. I see that the carbons are on sale yeah more are going to show up at my door and I like have you know, you have Primnesia. I forget that I ordered them. Like, what's this? Yeah. And it's it's another box of, of Hocus. Primnesia. I love that. <laughs> yeah. Love Except that. it wasn't all Prime, but it's like, yeah. what is this? Oh, it's I more Hocus. So I got Brian, like, a, and Brian has, like, for Christmas, I got him this really cool light kit. And he's going to start running lights for bands. And then I got him a new guitar. 
And he's always like, oh, I spend so much. Like, you, we spend so much on me because we combine all of our finances. And I was like, yeah, but this is, like, your passion. And then he's like, oh, you're always buying running shoes. I was like, and this is my passion. Some yes. women like shoes. I like running, running shoes. shoes. <laughs> like, yeah. I would never buy a pair of, like, $250 pumps. Oh, gosh, no. But, like, $275 running shoes? Yes, yes. please. <laughs> Just, what other colors do they come in? Oh, my, right? By the way, the endorphins are going to have a pink one. In a, oh. Or not pink but i okay i might need to i might need we to go there pre-order i yeah well, I need to yeah try. when does the pink come on come i out. think in april okay well i, I might maybe i'll I maybe i'll them. return my green ones i haven't run in them <laughs> yet i'll return the green green ones pre-order the pink um the kinvara actually just came out with the new colorway and the new ones and i i'm i'm still running in the 12s and so the 13s are on sale, but I yeah. almost like pre-ordered the 14s, like or just went ahead and full price ordered the 14s. Yeah, because the Kinvara are such, especially after buying super shoes, they're so reasonable. At 120 dollars, that's yeah. such a reasonable price for shoes. That's, yeah, like my base shoe, my ring cones are yeah. usually 125. So I don't. Yeah. I usually will buy them new versus waiting till they're on sale, which I might do yeah. for other models. Yeah. Are you going to get another pair of mocks? So I have another pair of mocks, okay, another pair good. of ring cones, another pair of carbons that are all in the box okay. in my bedroom, which is why Scott was like, what is happening? Oh, yeah. You've got to hide those somewhere. Pile of Julian's, shoes. Julian's closet yeah. should be your shoe closet. <laughs> I used to store them down in the basement. <laughs> now they're just like just yeah. furniture. Yeah. It's bad. So I guess we should recap our, um, since we're talking about shoes, yeah. and you actually wore the Saucony um, Endorphin Pros. Yes. For which, our 60-30 10-mile PR. Yeah. And which, those shoe, the Endorphin Pros, have a carbon plate. I was yeah. reading up on all the different levels How'd you of feel? Endorphin. I felt great. So Good. Now, I'm not going to say that during it, it wasn't hard. And I did have heel pain where my planter is during oh, it. So it that, was, during it. <laughs> it was definitely a hard race, like, for sure. Um, like, we were huffing and puffing. We did the video. And it was it was difficult. Yeah, it was legit. I mean, so we so we were we had on the schedule eight by one mile repeats, which would be our thirty seconds and faster marathon. Which right now for us, we're we were saying we'd go and do you know eight twenty something if we we're doing our mile repeats, um, yeah, thirty seconds faster than marathon pace. But then you do take five minute or six minute or whatever walking recoveries if we go to the track. Yeah, and so throwing ourselves into a race, we had to really be careful that. We're not going to go run this 10-miler as a 10-mile race, which I've done that before. Yeah, for but sure. that's not the, – the point of this was to go and see um, if we used a different set of ratio – set of intervals. So we used 60-30, which literally means that one-third of the entire time is walking, which is, like, mind-boggling. We wanted to see if we could sustain a sub-909 to get us to, like, a sub-four-hour, sub-two-hour half, sub-four-hour full. And so – um, it was hard. It was hard yeah. to run that, you know, run that hard. That's consistently with the hills of, of Reston of this, tra- of this, um, race. Um, so I'm actually looking back. So we've done this course once before, um, and 6030. Or once before together. We've done once it Once before together. Times. Yeah. But yeah. we, when we did this before, we must have done we did two, two and 30, but we must have done a couple of run throughs. I'm counting yeah. one, two, three, four, five, six run-throughs. Now, that's probably course-based. Right, downhills. But that's a lot more running. Like, that's a lot more running than 
we did <laughs> this Sunday. time. Yeah. And to, to be like only a minute up per mile off, like that's pretty crazy. Yeah, because like, it was about an eight, it was an eight flat was that eight time. Flat. And yeah. so that time, yeah, two and 30s. So then if you look at, if, you know, if you're looking at um, the time of it, again, that would be, that would mean you're walking for less than 15 minutes, whereas this past Sunday we walked for 30 yeah. minutes of a Yeah, hour and a half. which is crazy, which is, I mean, crazy in a good way, In too. a good way. Like, how, that's, yeah, how how fit we yeah. could make ourselves with well, this 60-30 with this I mean, push. The 60-30 push, um, we did. Now, one of the things we did do is we did um, do a couple of run-throughs with... Hills, down the hills, like, it was course-specific. And that's something that you know, we always recommend, um, is, is kind of course specific. So you have your intervals, intervals, but right. you may, depending on where you're on the course, you may be taking an extra walk break up a really steep hill and you may be taking an extra run through down a hill. Um, if you're running on a hillier course, because it doesn't always make sense. Like you're going to lose economy if you're trying to, you know, push as hard as you can up that hill and then right. try to walk your downhill. Like, yeah. Well, and you're going to raise your heart rate. Like, yeah. I have found that it almost never for me, and and I know that there's a lot of fitness to gain by practicing running up hills. Yeah. Running up hills during training is great. Towards the end of a run when your heart rate's going up, still I still say walk them, but like actually doing hill repeats are great for your body. Oh, yeah. Right? But during a race, it doesn't necessarily make sense to charge up a hill if your course only has a couple of rollers and if the if the downhill is long enough to just do a run through like i almost think of it like um like you're like credit right right so you're going to you're going to credit you're going to borrow your walk break from your next interval or you're going to bank your walk break going down a hill. Now, right. this doesn't mean charge down the hill and and speed up intentionally. This means run at the same economy and kind of turnover. You're going to naturally be faster downhills, mm-hmm. but you're not pushing. Like we looked yes. at our watch on a downhill and we were running what 650 649 and Six, that right. which again though our run pace before that and after that was about 730 average like 725 right. so, 740. But that downhill speed so, did not feel faster. No, we just let ourselves kind of roll down Right. The hill. We just kept kind of the cadence of that 730 uh-huh. going down the hill. And then like that just kept us from like kind of pushing too hard. I mean, honestly, I when I thought about that, I was like, man, that's, I think I said, we got to go do a revel. I know. Except <laughs> for be that all the way. But I would so love that. Flying I, down the yeah, hill. Rolling down. I, I love doing downhill. And, like, my quads don't get beat up from it. So. I my, think we'll have to try. Yeah. I, we're we'll we're going to have to I've never do done, one like, a real downhill yeah. course. I mean, Mountain City Beach is a downhill course. And, it's a nut downhill. But not, like, a revel. So. Yeah. Well, and then, and I think maybe we really look at the course for Mountains to Beach and do some. Some, like almost like calculations like okay right if this little segment uphill is more of a walk that's okay because this I swear there's like a, a more than a half a mile that's straight downhill like yeah. when it's like really pretty and stuff oh and yeah like I'm for sure. me like I just I remember just cruising down that um but what's what's super cool is we we did 
exactly what we wanted to do. <laughs> we executed it. We perfectly. executed a 60-30 in a 129-54, which is like super fast. That's faster than 909. Yes. It opened some eyes for me. I'm not ready to do a marathon at 60-30 nope. sub four. Not sub four anyway. No. Could I do a 415? Yes. Right. I like I was like, okay, 60-30, I could do this. I could probably do a two and thirty at right like I I'm in, I don't even think sub four is is there yet like I think I'm like four oh five like I, don't know. I think I'm four oh five right now yeah um just because just like if my legs heal then maybe maybe I'll be feel a little different I just I uh I just feel like my body is just not responding the way that I want it to this training cycle yeah it's gonna get there. You know, it's it's just it's tough. It's it really feels like starting over. It yeah. really does. Which is hard, but I know I have cumulative fitness to like come back to. It's just it's so different. Yeah, it's weird. <laughs> yeah, it's definitely weird hearing that because usually you're so blindly confident. But I'm blindly so. confident I could do a four oh five. Yeah, oh I'm sure you could though. Okay. And especially like, if, if we're looking at like a longer interval. Like it, probably like though two and thirty would push me aerobically too much. It would be hard. So I think like ninety thirty would probably be right. really like good. Um, but I, I don't think I'm in as good a shape as I was for Boston last year. Like I think yeah. my cumulative fitness allowed me to do that like four week, six week build up to Boston. So, yeah. so we'll no, see. We'll I, see what it we I still have feel, ten weeks. Right, we have ten weeks, but I feel very similar way where like I feel very beat up this season. I'm having a really hard time. Like I've got a lot of yeah, with the planter not going away, the lower leg pain, whereas Last year, um, last spring, I, I just trained for halves. Just. There you go again. Yeah. Just a half. You know, I trained for halves last spring, which, you know, is manageable for me with tax season. Then over the summer, I ramped up for New York, and I didn't give myself any time down, you know, after yeah. marathon cycle and charge into the next marathon cycle. So I'm feeling... I don't know if Cumulative it's... Cumulative stress. Yeah, exactly. Well, and life stress, too, because... Exactly. Life, this time of year is Life really is pie. Love is not pie. There's enough love to go around for everyone. Love is not pie, but life is pie. You only have so many slices. You only so. have so many hours in the day, and yeah. you only have so much energy you can put into, uh, yeah. you know, whatever it is, whether it's work, your your kids, your relationships, your you know, dog, your dog, <laughs> your hobbies, yeah. your, your running, whatever that's called, not a hobby, way more than a hobby. I know. Well, your our passions. running is a business. It's a business <laughs> running, and a passion. Yeah. Um, yeah, so it's, um, yeah, it's, but um, I think really, I think going in reframing, um, reframing mountains to beach and even going mm-hmm. into Jeff's race and really just being like, this is the season of having fun racing. This is the yeah. season of like building fitness back and no expectations as much as it's hard to have no expectations, setting reasonable goals and setting reasonable expectations and and kind of like pushing out because you can't live your life with no expectations, right? Well, and also like you know, trying to run hard or trying to do something challenging is a lot of fun for me. And so like yeah, having yeah. having a goal that we had on Sunday and pushing hard made it a lot of fun. Oh, it was so much fun. So it's not just but about it was going reasonable. In, it was reasonable. It's not just about going and doing everything easy right. and just having Absolutely. just just running at whatever pace and not caring. You can still have a 
Absolutely. And like making it fun though. Like, like this was a way to kind of step aside from any like pre previous expectations or previous things and do something. And our goal was just to set a 60, 30 PR, which was a guarantee. Right. Cause we hadn't, I had never done a 60, 30, 10 miler. I hadn't either. Not not as a standalone 10 miler. No, because I used to do, um, I used to do my, um, races at like two and 30. Yeah, we did two and 30. Um, and then I've done the 10 miler on the course where I started with 60, 30 and then dropped down. And I Uh looked at that time and I was, I ran a 134 and it's funny because, um, going in, I did have like kind of that expectation. I was like, I don't want to be over 130, which is like so silly. It's so silly that we have, but it's hard because again, the last time we did this one together, it was a (laughs) 119. So like we're looking and we're self-comparing and getting to that trap of like, well, 130 seems because that's still 10 minutes slower. Right. It seems slow, but it's not because I looked so and you can't compare, but no. we passed so many people in the back half, and yeah. the field was really fast, right? Mm-hmm. The field was incredibly fast, and and there were some runners that, you know, at the there was a time that I was, like, very close in times with a runner, our friend Kara, who's amazing. Oh, my God. She's incredible, She's and she incredible. did. she was a second-place age group, but she was 10th overall. So fast. 111. So fast. And <laughs> she and I were like. Such a fast field. She and I, and on a very, very on difficult very course. Difficult so course. way to go, Kara. She was amazing. Yeah. But we have very different seasons in our life. Her kids are teenagers now. Yeah. And so she's able to, you know, have that, like, she doesn't have little kids with right. a little one clawing for attention all day. Or needing and, you, and, you know, she you can know, go out and do her runs without needing to come home and right. feed them breakfast or something. And like, while her job, she is a veterinarian and yeah. she's a um, an imaging veterinarian, her job is very intensive and the vet med field is one of oh, those fields like yeah. teachers that is vastly underpaid. Oh yeah, that's and, actually one of the highest suicide right. fields in the in and, in all fields, yeah. And they're so necessary because we love oh our gosh. we love our fur our babies, babies, right? <laughs> and but her job be, is not one that she brings home and works from home on True. and things like that. It's very intense while she's there and and you know, it, but it is it's one of those jobs, man. Vet med is like cuz my sister's yeah. also in vet med. Yeah. It's one of those jobs that people go into for they love animals. Right. They want to make a difference. And like the money is an afterthought. Like, and there, because there is none. Right. And it's like we as a society, we take we, advantage. We undervalue what right. the service that they're providing. And we take advantage of people who have that in their hearts. Yeah, like, like teachers. Teachers, like uh, veterinarians. I would say nurses to an extent, but the nurses have freaking figured it out. Let me right. tell you. There's a huge nursing shortage right now, but one of the reasons is a lot of nurses have gone to become travel nurses because right. they can make freaking bank. They can make a bank. ton of money. And I'm like, yes, you go for it, ladies, yes. because it pushes the societal and guys, <laughs> but it pushes this uh, like societal pressure to change yeah. the way we value these people. I wish teachers would kind of do this, would kind of do this push to where, like, sure, I'm going to come back, but you've got to pay me, like, a special rate. Like, I don't know. We need to pay teachers more. We do. We need to pay early childhood educators the same as we're paying elementary school teachers first because they're, like, way under. And then we need to get all of them up. Well, yeah, we need to adjust because you've got university and higher ed educators and administrators who are being paid a 
butt load right. versus and the the people who are teaching like and the kindergarten st- teachers who are not the studies oh. ready ready for this the studies all show that the most important years of your education years one through three right so it's the that first three years of your life are the most important for predicting right. long-term success so in life school and, and so it should be flipped like yeah. we shouldn't be talking about universal um about Universal Community College, which is a fantastic idea. Of course. I actually think community college is amazing. Oh, yeah. And I counsel a lot of high schoolers that come and work for me, um, especially ones that's that really enjoy working with kids. I say, you know, it's never too late to go to a four-year university, and you won't be too old at 22 or 23 right. to even go away and live in a dorm. So why don't you, like, if you're not sure what you want to do, you can come work for like work for me, so it's not like fully like for them. But I say go to Nova, get the gar- guaranteed admission <laughs> program. Work in chat. Well, these are people who like uh, working in with kids who are working yeah, with me. Yeah, gotcha. Already, work in childcare. Go into the guaranteed admission program at Nova. Make some money because I actually pay really well, and then go off to college, you know, right. and then figure get some job experience, right. learn what you don't want to do before you go study something. Yeah. Because I mean, granted, I, I have a long history. Um, I think my life would be completely different had I been diagnosed and medicated younger with ADHD, but I would not trade where I am for the world. Um, because I learned so much along the way. I learned what I'm good at. I learned that what I'm good at isn't necessarily what was graded in school. Um, because a lot of, I mean, and this is like zooming out, a lot of what was graded in, in younger education was, can you follow directions? Yeah. And can I always follow directions? <laughs> No. Can I see strategically the big picture and get to the right point? Yes. yes. <laughs> and, and oftentimes faster and faster, right. more efficiently. But a different route. And, a, and in a way that is better long term. So like these are not like I, I learned these like crazy critical thinking skills that like <laughs> – probably set me up for failure in high school but I I went to school I don't know if you knew this like I was in North Carolina I was in Cumberland County North Carolina which is actually one of the worst rate at the time it was one of the worst rated counties in the entire nation yeah I got some of the best education there um because I was I wasn't disruptive but I was kind of annoying in class and they had like pull out gifted program so I would just be sent to like the gifted teacher even when it wasn't my time yeah. I would just be sent over there, and she would say, well, what do you want to learn? And I would bring in a book, and I'd be like, I want to learn this. Nice. And um, <laughs> in fourth grade, I brought in college algebra, and so I learned college algebra yeah. in fourth grade. And then it was like, you know, um, I corrected, because that was also who I was. I was a little know-it-all. <laughs> I corrected the social studies textbook that we had because it was like, you know, the USSR broken up, like yeah, all of that. So I something. corrected it. <laughs> I I mean, I, I learned all this stuff. I'm, I charted and this is a, before Google, by the way, kids. Before the internet. Oh my gosh. There, there was no internet. No, like you couldn't, yeah. You we couldn't, had, so if, you, if you're correcting a book, you had to like. Maps. You had to I know. had to go to the library and I had to like find like current like 
newer issues of things. Yeah. Um, and then I, I so and it was basically just like Europe that I corrected, but it's fine. <laughs> and then the what was the other thing that oh I planned a trip and I remember this I was in fourth or fifth grade I planned a trip to Disney World with a budget driving from North Carolina oh, to nice. Disney World using like how much gas does the car use like how <laughs> like planning down to the That's minute cool. like as far as money. And then planning snacks to where I could eat 10 fruit roll-ups a day. <laughs> like, that was, like, in my calculation because my Perfect. parents would be like, oh, that's too expensive. You can't eat all those snacks. But I, like, wanted fruit roll-ups. And still to this day, like, I look at one box of fruit roll-ups as one serving. <laughs> hey, it's 10 fruit roll-ups. It's only 50 calories yeah. of fruit roll-up. That's 500 calories of great carbohydrate. Right? There you go. <laughs> I know. That's some great running fuel. <laughs> yeah. So, um, so... I got a great education there, but thinking outside the box, choosing what I wanted to learn, which is, it's not always the best when then you come to a high pressure, amazing county like Fairfax County. And it was like, no, you need to do the assigned work, it's not just right. whatever you've chosen to do. Today. The expectations are, are totally different. Yeah. So, oh, that was a long story. So anyway, <laughs> I, I encourage kids to to get a little bit of work experience, even if yeah. it's just a year, even if it's just a summer job. But, um, you know, Naomi's not doing what she went to school for nope. either. She, I mean, she yeah. eventually had to go to school to do what she yeah, exactly as but, a CPA. But, but yeah, I think that's what we found. We find out when you grow up is that yeah. you don't know what you want to do. You can go to school for one thing. And hopefully, I mean, I think the biggest skill you can learn, and if, if you can learn this in school, that's great, is is probably communication and writing. And so yeah. I know, like, of course, even though I was in, I was, I got a painting degree. I have a painting degree and a printmaking degree. And then I have a art history uh, master's degree. And so that's probably where I learned to do a lot of my writing. But in, in college and in grad school, having to write a lot of papers yeah. Um, I think that's probably, you know, one of the best skills I took away from school. So, you know, it's funny. Um, I, I'm a horrible, I still really stress out about writing. Um, I, I'm a great conversational writer, uh, like very, like kind of low level writing, like fun, that type of writing, but Casual formal, writing. formal writing stresses me out and I, I can do it and do it well, but it really, really stresses me out. And I think one of the things that's helped me with writing is kind of reframing, like, I'm not bad at this, like, and saying just, like, done is better than perfect. Yeah. And I think that's also something we, we really need to teach kids, that sometimes the exercise is just completing it and being okay with not being the best at it and, and knowing that the more you do it, you'll get better because yeah. it is just practice and repetition. So much in life is practice and repetition. Right. And I think that that can be really tough for people with ADHD oh, yeah. when you can't visualize the end product when you're in the process and so you don't even know how to get to done right and when and so that can be really tough too and especially we teach kids to like outline and then draft and then revise and for ADHD people sometimes you have to start with the finished product right. and then work backwards and that's something else I actually start with free writing yeah when I when I write papers and I love voice to text now because I'll use that as my free yes. writing then I'll go back and from that edit down that's so. and that's what we do my daughter who has ADHD and she's in fifth grade and struggles with writing yeah. and so I will however she's one of the most creative children in the world and 
when she can succinctly tell things, like, it's fantastic. She has so. great stories, and she just has trouble getting them out. And so we use a lot of voice-to-text, although, you know, we've had that issue with the county and with not being able to get the, like, approval to have her be able to use just voice-to-text to then and then go back. But at home, that's one of the things we'll do, or we'll have her, I'll have her dictate, and then I'll write it in that way. It oh. is getting the ideas out, and then she can go back and edit but yeah, exactly. Being, you know, I can help you get that on her IEP or we, on her 504. We do have that, but okay. they, um, the county, it's something about like the tools, and they're like, well, you know, we don't have. It's something with the programs or whatever. They will do. They will. They will oh, use it, but like they have it. They have. I it. know. We've used my, it before. Um, we used my it before. Um, friend's son has dysgraphia and dysgraphia, mm-hmm. and and I kind of wonder if maybe there's a little bit of dysgraphia that kind of, and not necessarily with the physical act of writing. Um, I see the physical act dysgraphia more in boys. In girls, it's more like we love to write. I'll write letters all day long, like draw and, and doodle right. and all of that. But calligraphy. <laughs> it's more of like the. Dysparagraphia. <laughs> yeah, right. Getting all like, the words down. It's like is the it's more of like getting the entire thought, the out. thought out. Exactly. And part of it is, it's like the way I've explained um, to people the way an ADHD brain works is it's like having your motor going at five thousand RPMs. Right. Your right. brain is moving at five thousand RPMs. But the way you can actually process information or get it out is like 2,000. So there's this like huge mismatch. And that's where stimulant medication brings up your processing speed to match what your brain's already doing. Yeah. And so anytime um, anytime you're thinking, whether you have ADHD or know someone who does, oh, they have ADHD, this disability, this is a slowness. It's actually the opposite. Yes. It's, it's yeah. not attention deficit. It's actually the ability to pay attention to everything it's, at once. Right. It's paying attention to too much. And then hyper-focus yeah. is the other thing. So there are times where I'm like, so, like I can't even listen to people because because I'm like so focused on something that's yeah. happening. Uh, little half done yeah. projects all over my house. Yeah. <laughs> I love that I saw this meme yesterday and it's, it's perfectly perfectly fits me. It's like you have, you know, I have about a 45 minute window. That's my productivity window to get everything done in the day. And if, if I miss that window, like, nothing gets done. Yeah. And it's true. I can really hyper focus and get everything done in an, in a window, which yeah. coming to it late in life and realizing, hey, maybe I've had ADHD this whole time. But it's such <laughs> a superpower because, all right, so um, when the pandemic happened, right, I became, that became my, my like super focus and the CARES Act launched and my business was actually, I was not yet the executive director and we were kind of in a, we were in a tough position as a child care center, but even just in general, it was like an overall, we headed into the pandemic in a really tough position. Right. Well, when the CARES Act came out, like prior to it even being passed, I read the, I run the darn thing cover to cover. Like, and I was like, oh, we can do this and we can do this. And I was like, maybe we should go ahead and ask for the employee retention credit because what's the worst thing that can happen? They'll just make us pay it back. But I was like, I'll just hold off on that. But we got the PPP. I was able to use calculations from when we had a much larger staff, knowing that we were an industry that was affected. Like I read all, and you know, even the bank was like, are you sure you want this much because you have less staff now? And I was like, nope. I was like, give me all of it. And we were able to essentially use this pandemic funding to help like and and really get the 
like take advantage of every piece of the bill and legislation because of my ADHD hyperfocus. Yeah, like, you're which able is to dive like go down that rabbit hole, learn yeah. everything about it, and and I created and then, a spreadsheet with macros like a. a like essentially a form that you fill out <laughs> and I sent it to the bank and that's what they used to get everybody else for their PPP loans. That's awesome. They used my that's amazing. <laughs> yeah. That's so cool. And like I was helping like big businesses do it. Yeah. Um, funding and I, I just love this. So funding was released on um, on March 4th and we had ours by March 5th. Like that's, that's how crazy. good I, I was, but it's because of my ADHD and my yeah. hyper focus that I was like, I can do this. Like, yeah. just like, oh, give me this goal and tell me it can't be done. Right. <laughs> right. <laughs> and that's kind of like our 60 30. It's like, you know, that's like 60 30 for the pace that we ran is, is incredible. So, um, so another fun thing happened at the race, which I know that's a long <laughs> little segue, like a 40-minute dive into what you should do with your life. And you know what? If you're our age or younger or older and you still don't know what you want to do with life, don't worry because we are still figuring yeah. it out too. Naomi's, it's never too late. She's already thinking about retirement because her partner is talking about retirement in what, 10 years? Just 10 to 15, 15 years. years. And so we were like, well, what could we do when she retires? And so we're like, oh, already trying to like I don't know figure that out maybe yeah. <laughs> maybe do this full-time yeah run <laughs> coaching be, and run yeah, yeah it would be crazy so but something else that happened that was super fun we were running by and someone said yeah hey you're famous I follow you on Instagram <laughs> yeah Lorenzo uh, hey hey Lorenzo <laughs> it was so fun um it's just always fun when people yell out you're on gallery girls yeah we um, had a lot of people who said who even either called out run gallery girls during the race or yeah some people who at the end were like yeah oh you're the run gallery girl yeah which is so recognize us from insta which was so fun it's really really fun because it helps us bring recognition to i mean not just us but our whole purpose is to elevate jeff galloway and jeff galloway's method of run rock not just because it's um it's a great method for beginners but it's a great method for everyone who wants to run until you're a million years old because it does even though we're both dealing with some minor injuries right now it does really keep you injury reduce your injury load it does keep you running for longer it allows you to run through little niggles that maybe you couldn't run through just because the I would say it's is it the permissions you mean the like like it gives you you, permission to walk walk and that yeah and that it's like you customize it to what you want to do so everybody you know you you pick your intervals that you want to do so that flexibility yeah I think I think that's exactly what it is the Galloway method allows for more flexibility than other training training methods however if no matter what kind of training plan you're on you actually have a lot more flexibility in that plan than you think. Training plans do not need to be carried out to 100% to be effective. If you have to skip a workout or like because you can't do it, just skip it and move on. If you have to do cut a workout short or cut a run short, you just do what you can and move on. You don't need right. to make up mileage. You don't need to get to a certain volume. You don't need to cram. Cram. Right. Running a lot faster right. in that window. We're, we've got 23 this weekend. There's a very big possibility that some of that's going to have to be walked. And we're going to be okay with that. Right. It, it's a very big possibility that when we get to four hours, no matter where we're at, 
we call it. Right. You know, like it doesn't have to be perfect. It just, it's the intention of it. And the same thing, we uh, we were supposed to have eight by 10 this weekend. We didn't do eight by 10. We did the 10 miler instead. Or eight by one, yeah. Eight by one, sorry. Eight by 10, that would be a lot. <laughs> and then we have 10 by one, uh, the weekend of the Jeff's weekend race. race. Um, I'm going to reach out to him. Tell him our 60-30 plan. He might be like, yes, go for it. He might say, then for 12 by 1, don't do 12 by 1. You know, we yeah. don't know. We'll see what exactly. You can modify. So, and that's Yeah. Sorry, and, I keep burping on the podcast. That's so gross. <laughs> no I, excuse me. No <laughs> that, um and, and my mom update, uh, she's, oh, yeah. she's still running. So <gasps> like three days, three to four days a week right now, it's like she's up to, she's just going like a mile at a time. I love it. But she's now down to like a, she's dropped her time from like a 17 minute to a 14 minute <gasps> mile. That's amazing. She's getting faster. And then my daughter, her Girls on the Run program started yesterday. So. I'm like Yay. so excited. Oh, I have like that's really exciting. three generations. We're all runners. My I mom is trying to gear up so she can do the 5K with my daughter. Oh, she actually she wants to do it with the Lila. weekend okay. that we have mountains to beach, and my daughter has her girls on the run. I still think we should. 5K. I still think we need to ask uh, Lauren to run with them too, because Lauren can be like Coach Lauren with your. Oh mom. yeah, she could totally Auntie Lauren. She, the more the better. But like yeah. so anyway. Um, oh, so exciting. You know what this means? We have to get your mom a sparkle skirt. Oh my gosh. Yes. We have to get her. Oh, right. We have to get her a sparkle oh, yeah. skirt. So she'll wear it. Not a borrowed one. She needs her own. All right. <laughs> she needs her own. I, Mom, I know you're going to hear this. So yeah. It's coming. <laughs> yeah. We'll, we'll have to pick pick out a good one. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's so exciting. Because um, ruffles are uh, the rainbow ruffles. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Yeah. And we should get we should get Lila the rainbow ruffles too, and we can and just make it like, smaller. Yeah. Oh, she would it love tiny. it. And Joanne will totally steal it too because okay. he loves. Well, sparkling. yeah, maybe if we buy, maybe if we buy an extra large one, we can just cut it in half and <laughs> make, two and make two sizes. kids ones. Um, so that was, yeah, that's a, such a great update. I need to, I need to talk to my mom and see if she'll, she's getting a training. She's actually doing a treatment today. Um, for, she's in a clinical trial for Alzheimer's. She has early onset Alzheimer's, but she's doing great, and she's in a clinical trial. She was too tired to get dinner last night, so yeah. with all the travel. And so we might be able to see her today. Um, so we had a lot more to cover. We are already 50-ish minutes in, but I do wanted to sh- I wanted to share... Uh, my IVF results because everybody was so invested. So we did get two embryos, but they both tested abnormal. And it's been really, really difficult to, yeah. to go through. And dealing with the disappointment of it is really tough. And it, it kind of reminds me of dealing with the disappointment when you have goals in races. Because as much as we talk about setting process goals, um, it's you still go to a race with a goal in mind. You still go to an event and you, even when you know the statistics, even when you like know that there's so much out of your control, you can only control so much. Um, it can be really difficult when things don't go your way and you're handling that disappointment. And so um, we might need to like, like pivot and do a whole episode on handling disappointment. Um, yeah. But one of the, like, one of the things that I realized I do when I'm disappointed or when I'm anxious is I kind of ramp up my workouts, which is why I'm injured right now. And so really understanding that you have to have other tools in the toolbox. You can't just like push your body and, and like, 
hurt your body when you're dealing with physical emotions. Um, running is not therapy. Running is a tool in your tool in your wellness toolbox. And so I'm kind of learning that the hard way. Um, you know, I met with the doctor yesterday and she doesn't think that like it's time to say stop. Like, and I said, you're going to tell me that, right? Because I don't know if I'm going to know when that is. She thinks right. that it's still reasonable to keep going. So she also, I asked her, do you think we need to like move ahead and like not take this break? She said, I don't think the break's going to be that. I think the break probably has more mental benefits than, you know, downsides physically. So we're still going to take the break. Um, we have like a new plan um, just because I wanted to change something because I feel like I've been doing the same thing over right. and over and over. Um, and with results, like we did get, we've gotten five yeah. embryos, which one is healthy. And one euploid embryo, which is like a 60% chance of a live birth. So, uh, yeah, so the goal is to kind of like hopefully get another and but changing up the the, the what protocol call it, the protocol and, and just doing something different you know it's like I think this happens in running too when you do the same kind of training plans over and over and over you kind of go okay maybe I would have different results with different training or maybe like maybe I need to change my shoes maybe I need to change coaches maybe, like you start to look when you're getting stagnant or when you're perceiving that you're getting stagnant too because a lot of times um a lot of times it's you're actually just still in the thick of the process and it's too soon to change things right? right like I did consider changing clinics and changing doctors like I was like maybe I just need to change clinics and doctors but then I started to think like Maybe I'm in the thick of the process and maybe I'm right at, like, the goal is almost right there and I just need to keep going. Like, there's this, like, um, this um, infographic or meme that I've seen where it's, like, a guy digging for diamonds and he's, like, almost, like, one guy, like, barely digs and he gets gets a little diamond and you're, like, this close. So you just have to keep, like, kind of pushing through and going. So... Um, you know, it's tough because our goal isn't to make euploid embryos. Our goal is to have a baby and to add a member of our family, but it's, it's so tough. It's like, um, it, it definitely reminds me of training for Boston though. It really does. And if that goal that's out of reach, you're not sure if you're, and you're not sure there's no guarantee. You're not sure that you'll ever get yeah, the baby. You're not sure if you'll ever get to Boston. You'll not, yeah, you, know, you can't but see that. It's funny because with the Boston, I just felt so confident that at some point it would happen. But with the baby, like we're just getting so close. Like age is such a thing, and like finances are a thing too. Like we, I mean, we're very, very fortunate to be able to even go through IVF. Like that's so like we're so fortunate and we have some donated embryos from my sister and her husband which is just like amazing and so we're so fortunate to have those so with those and with our embryo we have a very good probability of one child right and we will love that child no matter whose genetics it is we will just love them so much we have that high probability but there's also that that biological like drive that where you yeah. want it to be yours and your partner's like you really want it to be like and genetics don't make a family. I was actually an egg donor in my 20s. So like I obviously believe in egg donation. It's something that we that I even considered like I talked to Brian about right at the beginning. I said, you know, we he had to come around to using Alex and Cole's embryos. 
and he's on board with them now, but like he had to kind of come around to like it not being me. Genetically his and genetically yours. But also me. Like he was like, you know, he was like, I really wanted to be you. And then we've talked about doing, you know, donor, uh, donor eggs and his sperm. But, you know, it's like, that is such a huge cost. So one cohort of eggs is, which is like six eggs, which is the idea is you'll get one embryo from that and mm-hmm. w- maybe two, but you have a high probability of a live birth from donor eggs, especially like because the donors are all in their twenties. Um, but it's $16,000. Right. That doesn't even include the transfer. So it's $20,000. For $20,000, we were able to do three retrievals. Right. Now, granted, that didn't include the transfer, but we did get one euploid embryo from three retrievals. Yeah. And so we're heading into the third of our second batch. So it's essentially around the same price at this point. And right. again, my doctor said, I will tell you when it's time to stop. You're not there yet until I'm, unless I'm like, I'm done. I don't want to do it anymore. Um, But then transferring has this whole other, like, this whole other, like, thing, like, where I'm, like, terrified of transferring and then, you know, it not working. Like, as long as our little frozen euploid is frozen, like, it's safe. And so I'm like. Schrodinger's cat. Yeah, it's safe. And so, like, we're even considering transferring Alex's embryos first because they um, they say by the third euploid, you have a 92% chance of a live birth if the first two don't work. And so at least with those, like, we could work out any yeah. transfer kinks. And we would, just baby. we would love that child so much. Of course. And that child was also created first. And so it's like bringing the the souls into the world in the right order. <laughs> there you go. And Evie, my niece, who's almost four, she keeps saying when she keeps asking when she's getting a sister cousin. Aww. I don't know. Like because she asks when she's getting a little sister and her mom said never. Like you're yeah. not getting a little sister, but you're gonna get a little cousin. Right. Hopefully you're gonna get a little cousin. And so she keeps asking for a sister cousin. Aww. And I'm like, she doesn't even know. She doesn't even know. It might be a sister <laughs> it cousin. It might actually be a sister Aww. cousin. So or or brother cousin. So right. yeah. So but handling disappointment is probably a topic that we need to like dive into because I think that it's really like you can't go into a race without any goals because then kind of what's the purpose right right and plus I just don't think that's realistic I I mean it's human nature and we're gonna want you know we've worked this hard we're gonna want to see some kind of results right whatever that is so whatever whether it's executing the plan perfectly right. like that is an amazing accomplishment just like that's kind of a process goal finishing a race is F- is a but, goal in itself but that but that can also like it can be you can like lose sight that finishing is good enough yeah right when you're when you have an expectation of something. And so making sure your expectations align with reality, not just with the reality of your fitness, but the reality of your fitness on that day. Whatever that day might be. And the weather can play such a big, such a big role. You can't push through with your same goals when it's going to be super hot or when it's going to be really windy or when it's going to be really humid or you know, if you woke up or if you were vomiting the night before, right. like you can't just like go, nope, this is the goal. And that single drive, like how bad do you want it? Isn't a thing like, sure. Like 
like you're only going to get what you work towards, but there are a lot of people who get things that they don't work towards. Like, so it's not about like they wanted it more yeah. and you didn't want it enough because you can want something so bad and you can do all the work and it can still not work it's out. It's still out of reach. Right. Mm. Because, and that's where setting the goals along the way, the process goals of enjoyment is so important. Um, and then with disappointment, like you're, you've got to let yourself feel those feelings and you've got to be in it. Like, you know, you've got to make sure you have healthy coping skills, um, for the disappointment and you've got to like entertain the possibility of things not working out so that you can kind of process how am I going to feel like when these things happen so that, you know, you're not... So it doesn't surprised, <laughs> right? And so it doesn't like spin you too far into like a, into a depression because it still could be really depressing. Like this whole yeah. thing, you know, you've been able to carry on, but I know it's it's also been really, really, really hard. It's not like you just say it's okay. I'm going to keep going. Like obviously, you have to really de- dig deep and figure out, you know, and and sit with those feelings. And so yeah. the same thing with with running when a goal doesn't go, you know, you don't get get the result you expected and hoped for. You have to figure out how you'll kind of move forward with that, with those feelings, and 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 just be okay with that. Sometimes it doesn't mean that you're going to turn around and sign up for another race to try to get redemption like I might have tried to do yeah. after Mountains of Beach 2019 and turn around and try to run grandmas four weeks later. Yeah. Well, Sometimes you have to, to accept it, and that's and really hard. I loved... Um, I loved what uh, Lauren Fleshman said about jealousy on... Yeah, on the Swap podcast. On the Swap podcast. She said that um, jealousy is kind of like, for her, it's like kind of a clue of like, no, oh, this is what I want. I want this thing. That's why I'm jealous. And And it's not about the person person. that you're jealous of. It's the... It's experience that you want or like some kind of clue about like yourself and like that can be a really healthy way of looking at it. I think it's also okay. I think it's also okay to to just be jealous sometimes. Like yeah. Like and I think it's okay to just like I I don't think it's about the person when you're when you're just like like kind of saying like this isn't fair, right? Like it's okay to kind of have those feelings and and you know like live with them for a little bit because yeah. Like acknowledging them and living with them for a little bit in a confined time is definitely healthier than trying to just push them aside and not feel feelings Um, because unfelt feelings come back in a different way. You know, there's a lot of um, there's like I have a, a lot of feelings about this whole like infertility process and marathon training because I like feel like I'm I'm not getting either. I like dove in. You have one foot in both. Right. And And I like dove in and like kind of gave up running to try to have a baby because Mm -hmm. that was the advice that doctors wrongly were giving me because I think that there was some thought that maybe there was some hypothalamic amenorrhea or like some like hormonal issue where I was overtrained. I don't think that, you know, once we started this process, I don't think that was the case at all. Like I think that I was training at a volume that was absolutely fine. But because those words were in my head, um, I think that I gave them, I, I gave them the benefit of the doubt. So I like, you put gave my, it a shot. So you, I put my running on hold right. and I still didn't get 
the pregnancy and the baby, right? And so now I'm back into running and I'm I'm doing both and it's it's harder to come back into running. So I feel like I'm failing at both. Like I right. really do. And I recognize even though logically I know I'm not failing at either. <laughs> right. I'm in the thick of the process for both. I feel like I'm failing. And so like, it's funny, I don't, um, at work, I work in a childcare center and I meet with pregnant women to tour them for their center, for the center with their babies. I am nothing but happy when I see a pregnant woman that comes into work. When new babies come into work, I'm nothing but happy. When I see a pregnant woman and I'm out running, I am angry and I'm furious when I see pregnant women who are running. I'm so mad. Like, I'm not mad at them, but I'm mad at the universe. That they can because have that's and not have it both, fair. And right? you're not able yeah, to. Yeah, but it's so funny because I've like compartmentalized those two yeah. things. But like I like sobbed during um Boston. I was like it was like mile twenty-two or mile twenty-three. I saw uh, and I can't remember if it was a pregnant woman running or no, it was just a pregnant woman on the side. And she had all these kids and her husband like ran over and like, like gave her a hug or something. And I was like sobbing. It was like, mm, right. this is like, not like, it was just really, it was really, really difficult. And that was at the beginning of this journey. So like we, <laughs> we literally had our meeting with the IV, the consult with the IVF doctor, um, the day we got back from Boston. So Yeah. So it was even before. And you still just looking at it knowing like well wanting we, that and not it right. I had just I had had surgery. Yeah. Um I had had a polypectomy already. I we had done four um medicated, medicated cycles. cycles. Yeah. Like we'd been trying for seven months at that point. So we had started trying in October of twenty 21. Right. So it's, it's been a long time. It's a long road. It's been a long time. So, so it's just, it's, it's hard. And with, with disappointment, you know, it's part of the process. And sometimes you never get the thing that you want. Um, and that's okay. And you will get over it and you will get through it. Um, but you have to honor, you have to honor your feelings in the moment. And I would say when you have disappointment, like, don't be okay saying and name it. Like, I think that really saying I'm, I'm like label all of it because, and this is something we find in early childhood, uh, early childhood education and social emotional resilience is label, labeling feelings really can help you through them. So like, let's say you run a race and you don't want to feel disappointed, but you are. Like, but you don't want to. You're better at the end of that race going, I finished. I'm proud of my finish, but I'm disappointed it wasn't this. And like when right. you actually label it, it almost allows it to like fly a little bit more versus like, no, 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 I'm fine. I'm fine. I did great. I'm fine. Like, right. Right. Like, kind or, of or trying to, yeah. Or trying to reframe and be like, no, no, it was great because of this or that. And trying to give yourself and you're allowed some to consolation say, prize. You're allowed to do the consolation prize too. Yeah. I would say, I would say it was great because of these reasons. Like I am proud of myself, but I'm also disappointed. But you can also be disappointed. You can also, you're allowed to yeah. have that feeling. Cause we can feel so many things at once. We're like, it's not like you only have space for one feeling. Right. You have space for all the feelings so I would say feel them all let them all let them all fly like you know um 
if, uh, you know, and it can be tough, like, and we talked about the comparison trap, if like a friend of yours has done better, uh, make sure that you're, you know, giving them a little bit of space to celebrate and, and also let them in on your disappointment too, because that's okay too. They have the capacity to, they have the capacity to feel joy for themselves and feel your disappointment with you and share in that with you. It can be tough though, because there can be jealousy that comes along with it. And that's okay too. Like I even say, you know, I'm jealous of your performance today. Like I think saying that is, I think saying that shows emotional strength, not emotional weakness. And I think saying like, I am jealous of this. I am a little disappointed in myself. I, you know, but then being realistic, I know that I did the best I could today, even if that's not your first thought, right? Right. Even if you can analyze and say, I could have done better here, could have done better, could have done, could have done, could have, would have, should have. Hindsight's always twenty twenty. In the moment, you did the best you could. So, you know, I, I actually thought about that with the uh, race that we just did. Um, we squeaked it in under the 130 yeah. mark. <laughs> but I, like, I intentionally, we took it, we took all of we, our walk breaks at the end. We did. We still took our walk breaks, although we did at that that final mile consciously i saw where we were at when it beeped it beeped mile 9 and we were at an hour 20 and change and i i, I gave us the i said okay to get under 130 we'd have to run we had to run a 9 a sub 906 but it actually is 1.1 to the finish line of course it's never right. because you're already over the mileage wise and um we ran an 8.16 or 8.17 for that last mile. And then the point one was 42 seconds, which was a 7.07 pace. Oh. So we did push um, because we had um, we had less than nine but minutes took, to but, do over one mile. But, but we took... We took um, our walk breaks. We took our walk breaks. And I intentionally was like, like our walk break beeped and we were almost at the track. And I was like, nope, we're going to take yeah. this. And like, I think... You know, in the past, I might have been like, okay, let's just push through, like, or like, not always, like, Richmond down that hill, you took the walk break. I didn't because we were, it was that steep downhill finish at Richmond, and you walked down the finish at Richmond, and you caught me. I guess, oh yeah, because we still we still finished like yeah. together. Oh, it was right before the hill. I knew that the downhill was coming. I took a walk break right before the I hill. I don't know. There was a downhill walk break. I remember it was oh, really? on a walk. Yeah. yeah. Anyway. Um, yeah, but yeah, but so, I, I mean, downhill, I can usually catch people. You can catch, yeah, exactly. So, <laughs> yeah, so that's, I mean, just, um, just, you know, honor your own emotions and everything. And, and, you know, I appreciate everybody kind of being with me on, on this, this journey to have a family. And, you know, it's funny. One of the things that going through all of this, it like makes you kind of look at your life and you're so like stuck in the process that like you can sometimes like forget to like live mm-hmm. too. And I know I've done that during marathon training cycles too, yeah. where I've like given up everything else for the running. And like that's not healthy. Like and and not just yeah. I mean, I don't know that I've done during marathon training because I've always been marathon training with small kids. So I was gonna say season. with or even before that, when I before I became a tax accountant, like I've, but I was going to say like, you can forget to live when you're in that season of with, with little kids, which, yeah. cause I essentially by having a, you know, a baby when my daughter was turning eight gave me that, you know, where I've never been out of having little kids at this yeah. point. So, um, but so, you know, when you have those little kids, you forget because you're, everything's just focused. Your life is so concentrated with 
the stresses of, of parenting littles that, um, yeah, you can forget to like live and be where you are and in, in the season of life and figuring out like, you know, what, what else do I want to accomplish besides just being a parent <laughs> because parenting takes yeah. over everything. So, so yeah, wow. sometimes you got to like look around and yeah, like that, look up. That's the other thing. Like we want this little person in our, in our life, but like we also have had the hard conversations of like, what if we can't, what if this never, what if this person never happens? And like, I even said to Brian, I said, you know, if you, if it comes to this and you need to leave me to be able to have kids, like, like I, like I would understand that. And he's so amazing. And it's like, I'm never going to leave you. Don't worry. And so, yeah, I mean, it's definitely like we want a family together, but he is someone who's always wanted kids. So, so this is like going into this was like, you know, when we started to, I mean, we got together in at the end of July of 2021. So like we started to try to have kids right very away. early um, because of our ages, you know, yeah. we both turned 40 in 2022. And so it's um, it, like having kids has been a huge part of our, like trying part to have kids, part of our relationship. And so that can definitely take, take a toll. And especially with that plus running, like sometimes our, you know, I wouldn't say our relationship struggles because we have a lot of wonderful time together, but like there are times where Brian likes to go out at night and I'm like, I can't, I'm so tired. Like, um, luckily he's okay with it. And his friend Steve goes out with him and Steve's wife doesn't. So, (laughs) so they just, uh, they go out together and, and it's, it's a good balance. It's a good balance, but you know, we've, we've had, we've had a lot of conversations. Like if we don't have kids, what, what will we do instead? And, you know, we're, well, being jinxed is pretty nice. <laughs> right. Yeah, it's an upside <laughs> as much as like, it's, it's a shitty consolation prize because yeah. we would love to have, want. right. We'd love to have a little bit more. Well, this has been a very long episode <laughs> with our little break. Um, so I guess we can, call it and wrap it up and hopefully dive into some more stuff maybe we'll be able to do a bonus episode this weekend oh yeah hopefully (laughs) uh if you'd like to support the podcast you can support it by shopping at beautycounter.com slash run galloway girls you can also shop or gain through our website Mm -hmm. um the links on our website or use the code coach liz 30 and that will get you a discount and that will also support the podcast we like all of those things. Um, and yeah, um, please let us know if there's anything that you'd like us to cover next week. And we would love to do that. Yeah. Thanks so much for listening. All right. Bye. bye.